here he is, you know, the head of a small nation, a Caribbean nation of started 6,000 people, 6 million people when he took over, 11 million today. But he had a global reputation. He made himself into a global figure. He exported revolution to Latin America. He was a hero to Hugo Chavez and others. And at the same time, he was involved and sent Cubans to Africa to fight there in sort of, as he defined it, wars of liberation. So he had a huge global footprint for somebody and he had his friendship with Russia. We can't forget that the Bay of Pigs was a big failure and then what happened there. And then inviting the Russians to put nuclear weapons in Cuba, bringing about the, probably the closest confrontation we've ever had uh, in the history of nuclear weapons you know, to a possible uh, dramatic confrontation which took place between Russia and the United States in 1962. Charlie, one, one, one more thing. I'm wondering if people in Cuba, in Havana right now, know what's happening a bit in Miami. There have been demonstrations and even kinds of celebrations of Fidel's death. I'm wondering if, if that is penetrating the consciousnesses of, 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 of people in Havana. My, my guess is it is. I mean, I haven't been out sampling a lot of, of Cubans in terms of that kind of thing. Uh, but my guess is they do know there is a sense of, of how Miami has been inexorably connected to Cuba since the revolution took place and all the people who went to uh, Miami and in some cases who come back to Cuba now that they have access to come back. Uh, a lot of them send money back, as you know. So I'm sure they're aware of, of what's happening there. I, I know that some of them have probably seen the front page of the Miami Herald, which they had that big picture of of Castro and it simply said dead across the top of the front page. An entire picture covered the entire front page. Uh, it's gotten some attention and I think they probably know about that. And they know about dancing in the streets and I heard someone say today, they saw someone dancing who they were surprised to see because it was you know, the son of a friend. And of course the biggest question for you and in our business is, do you think Raul Castro will ever give an interview? To, uh, to will he ever start opening up to the American media? Well, you can't try any harder than I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Keep at it, Charlie. Keep at it. Thanks very much, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you for sitting in. You're welcome. Joining me now from Boston is Jorge Dominguez. He is a professor of government at Harvard University. And with me in Washington is Peter Kornbluh, senior analyst at the National Security Archive and co-author of Back Channel to Cuba, The Hidden History of Negotiations Between Washington and Havana. Also joining me is Julia Swig. She is a leading scholar on Cuban-American relations, the author of Inside the Cuban Revolution, Fidel Castro and the Urban Underground, and a CBS News analyst. I am pleased to have them on this program. Welcome to you all. Uh, Jorge, uh, I'd like to start with you, if you don't mind. Um, you know, when, when we first heard the news late Friday, early Saturday, it, it, it struck me almost immediately that this might mark the end, in a way, of the 20th century. It has huge symbolic power, the death of Fidel Castro. But, but the question is, does it have anything more than symbolic power at this point? Does it mean much for the future of Cuba? Does it mean much for the future of U.S.-Cuban relations? So in some sense, yes, it is uh, the end of the 20th century. Uh, the end of the 20th century came a little too late. Uh, Fidel had not had a role in government since he went into the hospital 10 years ago in 2006. 
But one way to think about his significance and why the symbol really is powerful and why he really did help shape many of the events of the world whose inheritors we are is just to, you know, very quickly think back. Suppose he had died in a year ending in six, not in 2016, but earlier. So in 1966, he was preparing Che Guevara to go to uh, start a revolution in Bolivia, and he was supporting revolutionaries across most of Latin America. In 1976, he had just deployed tens of thousands of troops across the Atlantic Ocean on Cuban ships, not on Soviet ships, to defeat a South African invasion. In 1986, uh, he was the commander-in-chief of Cuban armies in Angola and in Ethiopia that had won the wars they went to fight. He had deployed Cuban troops to another uh, dozen countries all over the world, and he was beginning to break.